episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I chat with small business owners. We discuss their journeys, perspectives, pieces of advice, and I'll also have solo episodes where I share what's been on my mind and accelerators, frameworks, things to benefit you, uh, the person listening. Now with me today on this episode is Emma, the founder and owner of Just For Hugh. Emma has always had a love for art and knew since she was a child that she wanted to own a business. Because of these passions and the support of her husband and dogs, Emma started Just For Hugh. She sells handmade art pieces such as stickers, portraits, keychains, and more, and can ship her products across the United States. It was a pleasure speaking with her, and I know you'll enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, As always, would appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. takes about 10 seconds to do so. If you go to the podcast app on your Apple device, go to the Virtual Coffee show, scroll all the way down, you can leave a rating and a review if you want. It really helps us out, uh, helps others find our podcast. You could benefit from it. You can also follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, etc. It's all at virtual coffee podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. And I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving this week if you're celebrating. If not, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and an even greater Thursday. But again, thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode with Emma. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for being on Virtual Coffee today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, as always. And so to kick things off, would love for you to introduce yourself and your business to our audience. Yeah, so like you said, I'm Emma. I run Just for Hugh. I normally say it's stickers, stationery, and personalized gifts, but I'm kind of switching over to art and more. I have been into art for about 15 years now in some capacity, whether it be school, fun, whatever. Um, And I wanted to transfer that into a business. So last year I was just in a job situation that I wasn't really happy about. And my husband said, go for it. And I Mm -hmm. kind of started from there. So with motivation and inspiration from him and our dogs, I just kind of got started with the digital art aspect of it and then slowly started turning it into stickers and kind of seeing where that could take me from there. And I've expanded into about five or six different products now. So that's been a lot of fun. Wow. That's awesome. And tell us more about that leap going from, I'm assuming you had more of a like corporate job. Is that correct? Yeah, I was a technical recruiter. So I recruited, I worked on like military jobs. So I recruited people to work in Fort Bragg, but like Mm -hmm. on the top, technical side of things. So like data analysts, project managers and stuff like that. And I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't really understand it. I'm not a very technical savvy person. So I knew I always wanted to eventually own my own business. I mean, even since I was a kid was like, I'm going to own my own business. I went to school for business administration, something really broad. So I could learn a little bit about every aspect of business. And it was just a good time for me to take a step back from the structure and you could say security of a nine to five and give it a chance. And it's 
done a lot in the last year or so. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom for someone who might be sitting there in their corporate job, not loving it, had a, has a similar dream of wanting to own their business. Maybe they do it as a hobby right now. Like any advice to actually make that leap? Because I could imagine in that moment, it's probably really exciting, but also really scary to do that. Yeah. I was actually talking to my husband about that today is just have confidence and go for it. Not everything is going to work out. Even in their corporate job or in anything like you can't guarantee that somebody something is going to work out but you can at least guarantee that you try you have a say in that i mean when i first started i started making those wood signs and i realized that one the market was saturated and two i just wasn't i didn't really have the creative mindset to stand out from everybody else that was doing them and so i had to make the shift into the digital world and the stickers and everything so it sounds cliche, but like really, if you just put yourself out there and you try and you're passionate about it, people will notice that and they will support that. I like how you mentioned too how nothing's even guaranteed to work out or, you know, to take the leap, mm-hmm. you know, even if you have a corporate job, right? Maybe that looks mm-hmm. like asking for the promotion or going for a different skill set on your team or something. It doesn't just have to be making a whole switch to owning your business. I just appreciate that comparison and how that relates probably to really most, mostly everyone. Yeah. My dad has always told me my whole life, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yep. And like, that seems funny. And obviously in terms of my dad, that's probably like asking for things from him or whatever, but it really has been true my whole life. It might be a little awkward and feel a little uncomfortable, but you don't really know the answer unless you ask. I completely agree with that. Like you're saying, the worst that can happen is someone says no or it doesn't work out. And I'm not saying that's not hard, but Mm -hmm. right, there are many other worst things in the world that can happen besides besides that. So Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. (laughs) Would love to dive into more about the products you currently sell. So if someone listening to this podcast were to go to your website or uh, want to purchase something from you, what could they what could they see? Yeah, so um, quite a few things right now. I mainly, I would say the center of my business is the waterproof stickers. So Mm -hmm. I have probably somewhere around 70 designs right now that I have drawn and created myself of just fun three-inch stickers. People can use them for water bottles, koozies, coolers, laptops, notepads, anything like that. Um, And then I turned like five or six of those designs into acrylic keychains as well, which have been fun. A lot of like kids like to put them on book bags or people gift them to friends and they kind of add a little bit of color and local art to their keys. And then I am expanding into like stationery and stuff. So I designed a couple notepads, notebooks, art prints, like five by seven, like wall decor and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. For Christmas, I did design some like Starbucks cold cups and hot cups, like the reusable ones that you can bring in. That was so fun. And it was a nice surprise to find out that the hot cups actually changed colors. I didn't realize that. And my friend (laughs) was like, Hey, did you know this happened? I was like, no, but that's so cool. That's funny. What a nice surprise. <laughs> right? I was like, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be upset about that. It looks really <laughs> cool. Um, and then my like best seller, I guess, is my digital portraits. So 
taking a picture, drawing it like digital abstracty a little bit. I don't add the facial features. I don't do any like blending or shading. It's all very color block. And then those come in stickers and then for the holidays on an ornament as well. Ah, nice. uh, so those are a lot of fun and it's really cool to see what people use them for. I've had somebody use it as a wedding guest book. I had somebody reach out saying that she wanted to make like custom cards to use year round. So like I'm going to draw the portrait and then she's going to like get it printed on like a we wish you a happy birthday. And I thought that was really cool. So I enjoy doing that too, especially like the dog ones because I get to yeah. see everybody's dogs. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. Sounds like a lot of good stocking stuff or gifts too, mm -hmm. or gifts for friends. I love that. I like the customization aspect of some of those products too. And one just logistical question, where are you able to ship your products? Um, anywhere in the U.S. Okay. So Perfect. shipping on my Etsy is included. So when you check out, it doesn't add shipping for each individual thing because obviously stickers are light. So if you buy 10 stickers, it's just a one shipping price. That makes sense. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Congrats on being able to ship all across the United States. I yeah. feel like that's kind of, I don't know. It's not, is that super easy to figure out or was that a little bit challenging? So originally I was offering free shipping and then I was running more recently, I was running into the issue where if people ordered like really more than three stickers, they were no longer machinable within hmm. the USPS. So like I was shipping them as cards, like thank you cards. So I had to start charging for shipping and sending them as actual packages. So that was difficult because yep. the shipping that Etsy provided on letters wasn't actual tracking information, but uh, now with packages it is, but I was able to figure out a pretty cost-effective way. Cause I want it to be easy for everybody. Like mm -hmm. I know everybody sees free shipping and that's just an instant like, Ooh, fun. Yep. so I wanted to keep it cost-effective and I sell my, uh, mainly on Etsy. That's my mm -hmm. online shop. And there's so many forums out there of people asking questions and answering questions and stuff. So it just takes a lot of research and figuring out. That's fair, right? It's really taking it one step at a time. And mm -hmm. to your point, so many people have done this already, right? Like figured out shipping, <laughs> figured out these things. So it's, yeah. it's learning from other people too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Any other challenges you've experienced this past year or so after launching your business? Like did anything surprise you that you didn't think you'd have to figure out or something that was easier than you thought or harder than you thought? Obviously the confidence needed because like mm -hmm. you have to put yourself out there. A lot of people say like, oh, don't cold market and stuff. But when you're starting out, nobody knows about you. Like right. I have like a personal Instagram and my art Instagram, like I keep it separate and I do share between the two of them. But a little bit of it is like marketing myself and having the confidence in the fact that my stuff is good and people will like it and people want to buy it, but I'm going to have to go to them initially I'm going to have to show my face on TikTok and embarrass myself a little bit in the sense of like <laughs> doing the trends like yep. and stuff like that. So the social media aspect going from like personal fun, like here's my cute dog, I got engaged, like things like that to like, hey, I made this product, this is why you need it was a big challenge. January will be a full year of doing okay. the stickers and everything full time. And after almost a year, I'm finally on a more consistent growth path with Instagram, but there in the beginning, I mean, it was 
brutal. Mm-hmm. It was very brutal. And looking back at my original posts and what I post now, like still growing, still a lot to work to do. Um, I would say one thing is for people to kind of learn a little bit more about like the social me- media algorithms. And I yeah. know it's not foolproof, but social media can really help if you let mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, that's an answer that I feel like we haven't heard often on this podcast mm-hmm. is that confidence you need. I th- I think that's something people often don't discuss because maybe mm-hmm. once you kind of figure it out, it just becomes part of your business and maybe your your business personality or your business social media. But at first that if you're not used to doing things like that, it is very different to your point from yeah. your personal social medias. Well, and I think a lot of times too, like when you're in a professional setting, like a nine to five corporate nine to five, you can hide behind the fact that like you are not your job. So you're just doing a job. Whereas when you own your own business or like with you, with your podcast, like Mm -hmm. you are this, like you are your business. And my husband's, he'll help me at markets and stuff. And he'll be like, you have to start asking people their name. You have to start saying your name, like Mm. make it more personable. And I'm like, I always forget that like, I'm representing my own business. I'm not representing some company that doesn't even know my name. Like I, it's more than that. And it changes a lot when you start to actually get to know your customers and start allowing them to know the face behind the operations. I mean, it, it really changes everything. I really like that point and that comparison between, you know, having working for someone else versus running your own business. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. is very different. You're when you have your own business, you are very much your brand, which is also true when when you're working for someone else, but more so the company comes first, right? Like realistically, the the company's going to come first, your project's going to come first, then your personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. And with another company, you can turn it off at the end of the day. Right. With this one, I mean, I, I, I barely even touch my personal Instagram anymore. It's all business all the time. Like mm-hmm. it, I've really, and so you can't really turn it off because yeah, it's all the time. I found that too, even with, um, so I still have a full-time job. I really just do the podcast as a hobby, but mm-hmm. um, with the having the podcast, Instagram and social medias, I barely ever post on my personal because I'm like, I might as well post this on <laughs> my yeah. podcast Instagram and have that as content. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm, I'm with you there <laughs> Yeah. on that similar topic. How has balancing it all been coming from, you know, that job where you can kind of close your laptop and log off for the day versus now where really you could be on 24 seven if you wanted to, how's that balance been trying to find that? Oh my gosh. I'm still looking <laughs> for it. I've been up since 4am doing work today and oh, it's a geez. Saturday, like, <laughs> but I love it. So it's right. It's like, yeah, I might not have as much of a balance, but at least the thing that I'm putting my time and energy in is still something that I love. I would 100% recommend to people have a balance. I think part of the issue comes with the fact that like my workspace is in my house. So it's very easy to just pop into my office and print a couple stickers or I'm already on my phone and somebody messaged me, might as well message them back. And I'm trying to at least give myself one day a week. It doesn't always work out. Maybe it's a half day. Maybe it's a couple hours a week where I'm like completely shut off from work. And I'm actually closing my Etsy shop down for the entire month of December. I'm still doing pop-up markets in the Raleigh area, but I have a lot of new products that I want to release in the new year. And Mm -hmm. 
I didn't want all the distractions. And I was like, I can take half days. I can do half the day designing the other half of the day doing whatever I want and like really reset for my one year anniversary and everything. But I am still working on finding that perfect work-life balance. Cause I think it's hard for artisans as well. The pop-up markets happen on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to fulfill orders on the weekdays. And there's this stigma of like, if you're doing this full time, you should be doing it full time. Right. And stuff like that. So. Yeah. How do those pop-up markets work? I really know nothing Mm -hmm. about them from the vendor side. How do you determine how much stuff to have ready? Does that take the full week to prep that product? Like what's the steps there? So in the beginning, yeah. I mean, it was very, you didn't really know what was going to sell well. Um, I just started doing pop-ups in like the end of April and then I went full force. I mean, 12 a month since then, like all the time. That's a lot. (laughs) Um, I wanted to kind of test the waters with all of them. And then next year I'm going to go to about two or three a month and like prioritize the ones that I think do well. Cause it, it depends. Like I could, invest a good amount of money into one and not even make my money back or I could do one for free and make a lot of money so it's a lot of trial and error it's putting yourself out there and then yeah I mean the prep work for me I've kind of narrowed it down to it takes me about a day or two to prep depending on how well my last one did since I print all the stickers in house I try to only keep about six or seven of each sticker in stock just to not be wasteful of the Mm -hmm. paper that I'm using and stuff like that. And then for everything else, I just kind of have it out until I get down to like one or two of, and then I either order more or design more or whatever. And the biggest thing is like, it's an all day event. So tomorrow I have a market from 12 to five. However, I have to get there at 11 to set up and I need to leave my house at about 10, 15, 10, 30. And then at five, I have to tear down. I probably won't get back on the road until 525. And then I won't get home until a little bit after six. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like the outsiders here, like, oh, the market's 12 to five. It's like, yeah, but I'm working and I'll probably do some work before I leave just to make sure everything's set to go. So like I'll be working eight to six mm-hmm. <laughs> nonstop, no lunch right. break. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it because I get to put a face to a lot of my customers. Mm-hmm. Every market I get people like, oh, I follow you on Instagram or, oh, I saw you were going to be here. I came out to say hi. I brought my friend with me or they'll like place an order on Etsy and pick it up at a market so that Mm -hmm. they can support other vendors that are there. And then I get to meet a bunch of other small business owners and like build my own personal community. So that's been a lot of fun, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I didn't realize they were that long. I mean, it makes total sense. I guess I just never thought about it. How long Mm -hmm. of those days it is for you guys, for the vendors. Yeah. Wow. And some of the markets are shorter. Like Thursday night, I did one that was six to nine. However, okay. it was an hour away. Yeah. So I left my house about 3.30 and I didn't get home until about 10.45. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Clearly they're worth it, right? Like, do they help you maintain consistent customers, get social media followers? Like, what do you think the markets are best for, for your business personally? I would say social media for sure. Okay. I mean, I I do pretty well sales wise, but I I always tell people like I never use markets to like I never judge markets by the monetary value because my products are like three to 10 bucks a piece. Sure. A lot of people out there, they're selling their products for like 25 bucks a piece. So it's Mm -hmm. just a way different thing. Whereas for me, like I try to push more like 
hey, like, thanks so much for stopping by. Take a card with you on the back as a QR code for all of my social media, Instagram. If I have a promotion going on, I always tell them that. And I've gotten to the point where I can normally get anywhere from about 10 to 25 Instagram followers just from doing a market. And then that's on top of just the natural growth that I get from my reels and stuff. And then the other thing is I offer a lot of collaborations with small businesses because some of the bigger box companies that you can purchase stickers that like people throw in as freebies or whatever are kind of expensive as an, Mm. like just a general expense. So I offer it at a discounted rate to be able to collab with local and small businesses. And so I kind of get that double side of things where, yeah, I have the people coming to the market to shop, but then I have the people that are set up that I can give my information out to make additional sales, but also just the additional connections of like, hey, if you have any questions, reach out to me. If I have any questions, can I reach out to you? Like Mm -hmm. just learning off of each other. So it's really cool. And I get design ideas, like people give me random quotes here and there and stuff. So that is a brilliant idea, though, to partner with other small businesses and have them like distribute your stickers, like you're saying Mm -hmm. as freebies in theirs or, or what have you. I love that idea. I feel like that in and of itself could be its own business. Like that's awesome. (laughs) And honestly, like it probably could could be Mm -hmm. uh, given away ideal business idea right here. (laughs) Um, No, but it's been a lot of fun because I mean, I know a lot of people that have sticker businesses like me and they order their designs off sticker mule. And I would love to be able to do that. I just find it too expensive. And then to be able to keep my stickers at $3 a piece, which I think is fair, it just doesn't make sense. And so for these, I offer them at like 25 to 50 cents a piece. And it does put a little bit of extra work on me when I've had an order as big as a thousand stickers and it wow. took me a good couple of days to get it all, get it all done. But mm-hmm. it's so nice to see how excited everybody is when they get them and to know that I, I assisted a, a small business mm-hmm. in being able to provide that level of service that they want to provide and not break their own bank in order right. to do so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and getting, exposure to you right like that's it's a win-win for everyone involved Mm -hmm. I love that idea that's really smart (laughs) yeah it it's been it was like a kind of a trial thing like I had people asking like oh can I like I want to include some of these in my packages like especially Mm -hmm. a couple of my like closer small business friends and I was like oh that's smart but like three dollars a piece you can't do that like let me figure something out so I do offer wholesale as well which is a whole different pricing chart but just as like a hey, like keep doing great work. I have that Mm kind of offer and people seem to really like it. And I've been able to collab with so many amazing businesses. No, that's great. Were you always into digital art stickers specifically? I know you mentioned you've always kind of have had a love for art and always Mm -hmm. wanted to own your small business, but how'd you get into these specific products? What's that trial and error? That was by the the love and support of my sweet husband because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been very artistic. I've been an art all throughout school. I was a dancer growing up and that was originally what I wanted to own as my business was a dance studio. Okay. As I got older, I realized my body was not going to keep up with the dance lifestyle. <laughs> not, not good there. And so, yeah, I really, I loved painting was the biggest art style that I was obsessed with all throughout school into my adult life. We have so many, so many paintings around my house. My dad has paintings of mine in his house. My mom has them in her house. Like they're everywhere. But like I said, like that market is so saturated and Mm -hmm. to make my ideas in a 
painted form one is more expensive for me and for buyers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I sometimes like my ideas on a bigger scale just don't translate well. Sure. And I was playing around on my old iPad, like, I mean, a year and a half ago, just like middle, like April of the pandemic, like just playing around trying to draw my dog. And it was bad. It was not, <laughs> oh, it was bad. One, my iPad was way outdated. I mm -hmm. had an off-brand stylus that like connected half the time. I was trying to use my finger. I didn't understand Procreate. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went back to the painting. I was doing the signs and they were doing okay, but it just wasn't fun for me, I guess. And so for Christmas last year, my husband got me the iPad pencil combo and was yep. like, if this is what you want to do, go for it. And I mean, it took like practicing for like six months on the old iPad and then a month on the new iPad and like really just spending all my time drawing as much as I could watching videos, TikToks, everything to really understand the software. And now I couldn't imagine doing anything non-digitally because it's just so fun to me. By no means am I at your level in Procreate <laughs> and stuff, but very similar thing because I like to draw my posts for the podcast. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had an outdated iPad, bought the <laughs> the third-party stylus. I just <sighs> remember also trying to use my fingers. It just brings back memories. And then, yeah, last Christmas um, got the iPad and Apple Pencil. It was kind of the gift from my husband too. So that's mm -hmm. so funny. <laughs> Very similar, similar journey there. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, my husband is a YouTuber. He does his own thing. Like that's oh, his cool. full-time job. So he oh, understands wow. the need to have somebody on your team saying like, you can do it, just go for it. And so yeah. he can't hold a Christmas surprise for anything. So he gave it to <laughs> me like before Thanksgiving last yeah. year because yeah. he thought of it and he was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the best gift ever. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's been really fun too. And in return, I've been able to like do drawings and stuff for him too and like help mm -hmm. with his channel and his marketing and stuff. But he really pushes me and he's kind of a second set of eyes on all my designs, on all my portraits ideas and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So he's a YouTuber <laughs> full-time and you do yeah. your small business full-time. That's really cool. How <laughs> unique. You don't hear I, that every day. <laughs> I always joke that we're like living the millennial dream, which I don't right. even know if we're millennials. We're 25 <laughs> and 26. So uh -huh. we're in that weird like phase. But I always say like, oh, we're living the millennial dreams and our dogs love it. We're both home yeah. all the time. I mean, wow. they don't know what it's like to not have us home now. Yeah. And so, but it's been really nice and it's been cool to help each other build too, mm -hmm. because we're both in that like business owner mindset and we can right. bounce that off of each other. Good for you guys. That <laughs> is really fun. When did he start uh, doing that full time? I believe he went full-time April of 2018, so about okay. six months before we met, yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Mm -hmm. Wow. Very, very cool. Congrats <laughs> on living out your dreams. That's so fun. Yeah, it, and it's it's nice, too, that he doesn't have that nine-to-five because I get that additional support when I have markets mm -hmm. and stuff. And he doesn't go to all of them with me because that's just a, a full-time commitment in itself, but sure. just if I do need that help, it's like he doesn't have a boss. And I think that's another thing too, to, for people that want to start a small business is make sure you have not necessarily the physical help, but the emotional and su mental support, because you're going to need it. You're going to need mm -hmm. somebody to vent to somebody to bounce ideas off of occasionally. So make sure you find those people that are willing to be in your corner. 
for sure. Yeah, that's a huge theme we hear here on this podcast is finding your support system, that community, whether it's family, friends, or even Mm. just other business owners on Instagram, right? Just kind of finding those people. For sure. Thinking about the future, where are you hoping to take Just for Hugh? Is, you know, any future milestones you want to share or any yeah future ideas you have? I guess like a short-term goal would be sell to all 50 states. I'm about, I'm in about 30 of them right now. Sweet. So expanding that one. And I also want to expand to my own website and not an Etsy domain. Just kind of have everything under my control. Etsy's a great place to start out. Don't get me wrong, but just kind of have that. I don't think I ever want to go brick and mortar just because I don't want to have that many unique Mm -hmm. products. I don't think I could fill a space. And then the other thing would just be continuing my business collabs. And I mean, I joke with my friends and everything all the time. Like the NFL this year, their like theme is like cartoon drawings of everybody. And I'm like, come on, like those should be my drawings. (laughs) And so like maybe getting that big collab one day, somebody a little bit more well-known. And I'm, I'm starting to get more to where like I've collabed with like a small business that has one location. And now I'm like in the works of meeting with small businesses that maybe have like three locations in the, in North Carolina. And yeah. then like, so I'm, I'm working my way up there, but definitely collaborating with a, yeah, I, I, I don't know who, I mean, Disney would be a, a goal, yeah, right? That'd be but, awesome. but who knows if that could yeah. work, but yeah. something like that. I mean, you definitely have to write those dreams out and stuff. And I think getting in all 50 states would definitely help push me in that Mm -hmm. direction. For sure. Yeah. Like you said, like, it's great to have those dreams. And Mm -hmm. even if that path to that dream leads you somewhere else completely, like it's all paths are great, right? It's just working towards that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would be cool too, to be able to teach my skills in some capacity. I see so many people like candle makers or macrame artists that like can host classes because like those supplies are easier to distribute. But finding a way where it's like, hey, if you have an iPad and a pencil, like come and I'll like teach you procreate tips and tricks and stuff like that. I'm not one to quote unquote gatekeep. My niche, my like secret is my creativity, my Mm. ideas. If you start stealing my designs, like that's just on you. But if you want to know what paper I use, if you want to know what I cut them on, what printer I use, I will tell you anything. I tell people all the time when they come up to my booth and ask about it, anything they want to know, because I know that if they have good intentions, they're not going to copy my designs. And that's what makes me different. And so I think it would be really cool to be able to teach like a a procreate class or something like even combining with maybe like a local school that offers like iPads and pencils for like an after school club or something would be really cool. Yeah. And I would go for sure to a procreate (laughs) class. You could even do YouTube videos or even just TikToks, Mm -hmm. which you might already do, but just sharing like procreate tips and tricks. Like I feel like people are always looking for stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. I can't make TikTok work for me, work in my favor. I don't. (laughs) TikTok does not like my videos. They'll get like 12 views. And I'm like, I don't get it. And then my one day, one of them will go viral randomly. That's the thing about TikTok is it's like so random. Well, and on Instagram, I just had a reel get 180,000 views. Mm. I'm like, I don't even, I can't comprehend a number that big. It makes no sense. So (laughs) I've been sticking to Instagram reels. And then when I feel like it, I'll post them on TikTok. But yeah, that might be a good place to start of just. Yeah. 
posting videos. Like <laughs> yeah, and even when you mentioned um, maybe not wanting to do the brick and mortar, up in Wake Forest, they have the Cotton Company. Have you heard of them? I have not. Okay, so the Cotton Company is downtown Wake Forest. You might want to check it out because they have all small businesses in this one storefront called the cotton company. So I could totally see you having one booth. Right. And like that, it's basically like a pop-up or any of the markets, but Mm -hmm. it's permanent, right? It's like a permanent space. Um, I wonder if that would be a good, good spot. Cause I could totally see your stickers being there. Right. And just prints stuff. You can just keep there and uh, continuously sell. Yeah, for sure. I just followed them on Instagram. Um, Actually, the market I just did on Thursday was in Wake Forest at okay. Unwind on White. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I set up there every month. And nice. I am – so I've done a couple wholesale orders. So I'm in Preston Flowers of Cary. Okay. I'm soon to be at Bones Wilmington, which is in the Cargo District. And then I'm currently in the Triangle Pop-Up Holiday Shop uh, in yep. Morrisville. Very nice. Um, so I'm, and I'm expanding that too and offering wholesale and stuff. I just don't think I would want just a store for me. I like sure, the wholesale yeah. and the consignment and stuff isn't that bad either. I, it's just working out the details of that. That's stressful. Whereas wholesale mm-hmm. is like cut and dry. Plus when I'm in other stores, I get to go one, see my artwork, but then two, see like everybody else, which is just a cool way to find new mm-hmm. small businesses to support. Agreed. And when you do partner and collab with other small businesses, do you draw stuff specific to them, like their logo or something? Or are you giving them your designs to then hand out? So it depends. Um, Some people like to order my designs to go into their packages. Like one Mm -hmm. of my good friends, she just says like, hey, can I get a hundred stickers, 10 of these 10 designs. I had somebody else that reached out. They really liked my community over competition sticker. And she was like, Hey, could I order some of those? But can you put like your Instagram on it so that people don't think I made it because she Uh. makes stickers, but she liked that design. And then with other people I've done, like they'll message me and be like, Hey, could you do, it was like a candle company. And they were like, we don't want just candle stickers. Could you do something that maybe says like shine on? So I did shine Ah. on a candle. And then I made like you glow girl. And I designed those for them. And then other people were like, hey, here's my logo. Can you print it for me? And it's just that simple. But I do hold on to the designs that I make for people indefinitely. So once I design it once, if they want it again in a couple months, like I'll have that for them and things like that. So it it really just depends on what they're looking for. The Raleigh night market I collabed with, and I designed like their promotion for the very merry Christmas market, very merry Carrie Christmas market. Yeah. (laughs) So like, even though they have their own like Raleigh night market design, I designed that aspect for them and then Mm -hmm. printed the stickers. But then I've had other people just say like, Hey, can you print this on a two inch circular sticker? And I'll just clean it up and send it through my software. Yeah. Again, I just love that idea. I'm just imagining a lot of the small businesses I've interviewed on this podcast, like having, you know, one of their cookies on a sticker and they can send that out when they ship their cookie. Like that's just so smart. I love that. I am currently in the works of doing a digital portrait of a charcuterie board. And I'm so excited because that just sounds so fun. So yeah, I mean, I can really draw quote unquote, anything. And then mm-hmm. I can also just make anything that people have a digital file of a sticker, right. too, which has just been helpful. Cause like you said, like sometimes people just want the physical thing. And so to just be able to throw it into their 
order their package, whatever. Right. And people go crazy about stickers. Like, yeah, it's wild. Wow. I just am like, my brain's going crazy on all these businesses that could have your stickers. I just think that's such a good idea. I love that offering for other business owners. So smart. Mm -hmm. And since I'm closing down in December, I actually, I normally don't run a sale on them just because I already offer them pretty, as pretty Mm -hmm. cheap as I can. I hate the word cheap, but I can't think of another word. And so like if somebody buys 50 or more three inch stickers, which 53 inch stickers is 25 bucks, they Mm -hmm. get 25 two inch stickers for free. So like you end up with 75 stickers total. Some of them are three inch, some of them are two inch, but that's a great way. Like, especially with the influx that I assume these businesses are getting right before the holidays Mm -hmm. to just be like, here you go. Totally. So any business owners listening, contact Emma because this is a brilliant idea. I just love that. (laughs) Yes. And I can always like deliver and do local pickup and stuff Mm -hmm. in the Raleigh area, which is nice because I know sometimes like you don't think about it and then you have a market in two days and you want something. So wonderful service. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Emma, the last question I end all my episodes with is in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? It can be related to just for Hugh or could be on a completely different topic. Just kind of that first thing that comes to mind of your proudest accomplishment. I worked in at Disney World. So I did the Disney College program and it took me three tries of applying to get in. And normally like I would be the type of person to like not do it. And I stuck through it and I got in and I worked there for eight months. I became a trainer. I was offered positions before I left. I just unfortunately couldn't take. And I like just really overcame a lot of personal like fears and doubts and stuff when accomplishing that. And it just was an awesome experience. And I'm really proud of myself for just taking the leap of faith at 22 years old and going Mm -hmm. out there and doing that. Well, congratulations on that success. And of course, everything you've accomplished this past year and really looking forward to continuing to follow your journey um, with Just for Hugh and any other adventures you go on. Yeah, thank you so much. I I really enjoyed talking to you today. Awesome. Yeah. And before we uh, leave, where can everyone find you and Just for Hugh? Feel free to shout out your social medias, uh, website, anything you want to shout out. Yeah, of course. So I am on Instagram at just.for.hugh, H-U-E, it's like a play on words. I'm on Facebook as well, Just For Hugh. And then I am on Etsy, Just For Hugh by Emma. Um, Etsy is the best way to shop, but Instagram, if you have it, is the best way to contact me with any questions, just because I'm always on it. And then TikTok as well, I'm on there at Just For Hugh. Excellent. Yeah, let's get your TikTok views up, Emma. <laughs> I know. It's so sad to look at. Like... No, no. They'll, that's like the best and worst thing about TikTok is I feel like they really don't have much of an algorithm that you need to like win over. So it's kind of, at least from my perspective, it seems very random, right? Like what goes viral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, sure. again, thank you so much, Emma, for chatting with me. And I hope everyone checks you out and just for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on.